there, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Life is an incredible gift, and it's over before we know it. How do we live it fully, live it intentionally, live it well? Each week, we'll lean in and learn together from inspiring leaders, mentors, and friends who have embraced this mindset and are living it well. Leaders like John Eldridge. You've got to know your story. What was it I once dreamed of? Suzanne Stabile. Once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And Aaron Nequist. We want to be a community that doesn't just believe things about Jesus, but learns how to rearrange our lives to put his words into practice for the sake of the world. Thanks again for joining us. Let's get started. This week, we're talking about parenting well with one of our favorite parenting experts, Jeannie Cunyon. You know, Jeannie has written two best-selling books on parenting, Mom Set Free and Parenting the Whole Hearted Child. She has a master's degree in social work, and she's a contributing writer for Better Mom and Fox News. Jeannie's writing has been featured on outlets such as The Today Show, Fox and Friends, The 700 Club, and Focus on the Family. Yeah, we chat with Jeannie about her journey of becoming an accidental writer, how encountering the grace of God radically changed her parenting, and what it means to live truly set free. This was such a powerful episode, so full of truth. Grab your coffee, grab your journal. It's a good one. Guys, we are excited for today's guest. We have Jeannie Cunyon with us today. Jeannie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we excited. are super, super jacked to have you. So um, before we get any further down the line, though, I want to take a second and let our listeners understand a little bit about you, what's your story, and what is it that you do? Well, I am uh, married to Mike, and we have four boys. Right. They are... Um, 13, 11, 9, and 2. So I always joke that we had this kind of season where we weren't in like the change somebody's diapers, right? Mm -hmm. And we weren't in like the don't do drugs, right? (laughs) Like teenagers and dealing with like, you know, the middle school stuff that, you know, changes everything. And now we're in both. We're back in like, okay, you go change the diaper and you go talk to him about social media, you know, what he just put on his phone. So uh, we're in the thick of it, but it's it's good. It's really good. I you know, there's they're all boys. People often ask me if I wanted a girl. Um, the answer is no. I think girls are wonderful, but my heart has always been to parent boys, so I'm super grateful. So far, who knows what the Lord has in store? Um, but we live in Connecticut, so we're like 45 minutes north of New York City. My husband works in the city. I'm from the south. He's from the south. Uh, never thought I'd live in New England ever. Um, so, you know, it's, what's the verse about, we can make our plans, but the Mm. Lord determines our steps. Right. Mm. Uh, so I very much feel that it's funny because we, um, when we got married, my husband said, we'll probably be in the Northeast for like two to three years. You know, I just, (laughs) I want to experience this. I got this job in New York city. That'll be so cool. Right. He got, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think he actually believed it too. I don't know. And we're about to celebrate our 15 year wedding anniversary. So here we are, Wow. but now it's home and we love it. That's so amazing. yeah, so I'm mostly at home. I've written a couple books and a Bible study, so I do that when I'm not parenting or trying to cook an edible meal, which is super challenging for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, pizza is a big one around here. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of me. That's awesome. Well, we're super jealous of you right now. We're just enduring the Texas heat, mm-hmm. sweating when we walk outside. So we're gonna have to come yeah. see you up in Connecticut. That's exactly right. I would love that. It's like uh, it's like 87 today, I think. And oh. I had to run into town to pick something up, and they were like, 
it's so hot. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's no, not. It's not. It's perfect. It is it's perfect. Oh my God. And we were like all begging for this when we were buried in snow for seven months. Yes. So let's enjoy oh, it. Enjoy yeah. it. That's awesome. Well, we want to jump into your story. So I've heard you call yourself an accidental writer. Tell us a little bit more about that. How did that happen and how you kind of came into this as a career? Yeah, you know, I um so by training I'm an adoption social worker. Um have a master's in social work and um when I was probably 13 years old, I felt like I put this calling on my life to work in adoption. Um I love unborn life and um that's a whole other story, but and so I just kind of always knew that's what I wanted to do. And so got my master's in social work and began working in an adoption agency. I did birth parent counseling. I worked with parent families who were adopting. I worked in international adoption. Um, and that was really, that's what I thought I would do forever. And then I became a mom. <laughs> and, uh, and I honestly really went into motherhood thinking, how hard can this be? You know, and I'm embarrassed to admit that out loud now, but that's the truth. You know, I, I'm a preacher's kid, uh, so I was raised in the faith, and my parents modeled a beautiful faith for me. So I thought, all right, well, I, I know that. It's been modeled for me. I do parent and adoption training, so I've got all the head knowledge, right? Right. And so I thought, you know, how hard can this be? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had kids, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> and a couple of years into, so I had, I ended up having three boys in five years and wow. it was about when my oldest son turned five, where, uh, through a series of undeniable events, I just knew that the Lord was directing me to start writing down what he was teaching me about who he is and who I am in him through the ways in which motherhood reveals all of my weaknesses mm-hmm. and my sins and my shortcomings. Um, and so I fought the Lord on that because I was like, well, Jesus, I've, I've never taken a writing class. Jesus, I have no desire to write. Uh, you are the one who put this calling to do adoption work on my heart. So I must be hearing you wrong. And when he was just undeniably clear, I just started to, I just literally, I remember sitting, I remember where I was when I sat down with my laptop and I was like, huh, okay, how does this work? And I just started writing. Fortunately, I have a sister who is uh, a prolific writer. Her 13th book is about to come out. 13th uh, book. Wow. Oh, wow. That is, yeah. That's prolific. That's awesome. right. She's 12 years older than me, and she's basically done one a year. She writes different. She does like women's fiction. Um, she writes Low Country, amazing books. And so I called her, and I basically said, what do I do? And the only thing she said to me is, you just start writing. Mm, and I was great. like, no, I'm going to need more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Planner. And she knew me well enough that if she told me all the things that came after the writing, I would have been like, and I'm out. Mm, yeah. Anyways, that's how it happened. Uh, and the Lord has just opened one door after the next after the next. And so I just keep walking through them. Um, and it's more about obedience than it is desire to be a writer. I just feel like to not do it would be to say no to him. And I don't want to miss out on what he has for me. But it's been a wild ride because I was not equipped for it. Oh, I love that. I feel like those are the best writers, honestly, that are not just all about the writing. It's more about just obeying God with the message that he's given you to communicate. I think it's so refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been some, uh, sounds like there's been some wild rides for you along the way. I mean, and I know you mentioned obedience, but just kind of walk us through that, you know, kind of the, those hard times when nobody else is looking, you're like, you know, 
I think I'm, I think I'm good. Right. Are there, mind. are there days that you want to yeah. throw your hands up and those and there are the other, honestly, <laughs> you know, because I am not, I don't, I never felt trained in this or prepared for this. Um, you know, I do love writing. I've kept journals my whole life. And so I love the act of writing. And so that was a helpful thing to bring to the, you know, to bring to the table, um, to actually enjoy putting words on paper. But yeah, I, I remember just starting to write and, and, you know, somebody said to me, well, why did you write Parenting the Whole Hearted Child, the first one? And I said, ultimately, what I eventually and quickly learned was that it was the Lord's answer to my prayer as a mom saying, Jesus, I want to do this well. I want to glorify you in my house. I want to give my kids grace, but I like the wheels are coming off. Like, I don't even know who I am on some days. And I knew I was feisty, but I didn't know I had an anger problem. You know, like all of these things were happening in my life. And I just kept praying, Jesus, change me, give us joy in this house, you know? Um, and so the book was really his answer to my prayer because the Lord knows the way he made me. And he knew that this had to be the thing that I really devoured, that it was going to take me getting into his word and discovering the God of grace that he is, because I was so much more about the law and teaching my kids the law and how to obey God and how to obey him well and how to make him proud by the way we obeyed him. And I did that because I was trying to keep him pleased with my obedience and my good parenting. And Jesus just wanted to show me his grace. And that's what he did through the writing of the first one and continues to do every day. And so it was painful too, right? Because all of these, you know, it's like the pruning. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of pruning that goes on in the writing. Yeah. But it was also really fun to watch him open doors like, what? (laughs) Now, how did that just happen? Only God could have orchestrated the things that led to that book coming out. And so I know a lot of authors struggle with this, but, you know, I'm quick to admit that I do, which is you can start to take ownership of it. And you can forget that it's God's words and God's work. And you just, you were just blessed to partner with him in it. So it's also a continual challenge for me to remember that I can't allow myself to feel successful or unsuccessful based on praise or criticism or sales or lack thereof. And it's, it's a continually re-anchoring my identity and who Jesus is through this process of putting myself out there and writing books that you hope people will love and read and you hope will draw them closer to Jesus. It can be so easy to get wrapped up in the stuff that comes along with it. So yeah, that's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. How's the, I mean, because right now you're kind of just enjoying the mom thing, you know, opportunities talking about these couple books. Are you in that place where you're like, am I supposed to write another one? What does this look yeah. like? I'm waiting for a message. Like, what does yeah. that look like? Totally. I mean, I'm, that's exactly where it's like, you read my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when I, so I did the first one and when I was done, I basically said, Jesus, that was incredible. That was an, an extraordinary experience. I can't believe you just allowed me to go through that. And what a gift to, to hear from women who were saying, I'm reading it and it's changing the way I'm parenting. You know, it's drawing my kids closer to Jesus. Like, that's all I want in this life, right, is to live a life that helps people draw closer to Jesus, right? So it's such a gift. But I was like, and so now, Lord, we're done. Okay. That <laughs> <laughs> was great. Here. Thank you for using me. And we're done here. Uh, and then I could just see him laughing because about six months later, uh, Mom Set Free started, which is my second book. And that wasn't the title at the time, but it started to bother me. And I, I knew it was happening. I knew the wrestling. And and it really, it was birthed out of feedback from the first book, which was people read it and said, 
I love how you talk about how we have to know the grace of God for ourselves if we're going to try and parent our kids with that grace because we can't give what we haven't received. And so I say that in the book, but the book was much more about how do we how do we weave grace into our parenting? And so it's almost like Mom Set Free is, is the prequel to parenting the whole other child. And again, it was the Lord's answer to my prayer. Jesus, I really want to, at that point in my life, I was still carrying a lot of shame for things I had gone through in my life from a painful divorce that I endured when I was 25 years old, um, from a marriage that only lasted 10 months. And so there were all these things that I was still holding on to. And there was so much more of his grace for me to know for myself. And so that's really where Mom Set Free came from. It's really about how do I live out my freedom in Christ? What does it mean to be free? What does that mean? You know, when Jesus said, it's for freedom that I've come to set you free, what does that mean? Um, and how does that radically change our lives uh, when we begin to receive it and walk in it? And so, you know, a lot of people have said they've read Mom Set Free and they're like, you don't really have to be a mom to read it. It's so much just more about knowing your freedom in Christ. But the joy I got to do is then kind of look at how that overflows into our parenting and how we raise kids who were set free too. So it's just all primarily been about Jesus working things out of me and then allowing me to put them on paper and, and have other people read them and, and grow closer to Jesus through them too. I love that so much. And so, so let's dive into the books a little bit more. So you said your first book was Parenting the Wholehearted Child and then your second one, uh, Mom Set Free. And, and really a theme that kind of emerges from both, like you said, is living and parenting from that place of freedom and grace. And I love how you talk about not just being set free from the shame and the fear, but being set free to something. Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember talking with somebody in an event where I was speaking and she said, so what are you set free from? Mm-hmm. And the first thought that came to my mind was, well, I guess what are we not set free from when we're in Jesus? Right. You know, I mean, there's yeah. literally nothing, there's no chain that the blood of Jesus can't break, right? I mean, whatever it is that you bring to the table, whether it's guilt or shame or anger or fear, there's nothing that Jesus can't set us free from. That's pretty incredible. Addictions, shame, all those things. But then there's also what we're set free to do, right? Like once we're free, and, and Scripture is so clear about that. You know, it talks about we've essentially been set free to love, to serve one another in love. And um, in Galatians 5, 13 through 14, in the message translation, it says, It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Mm. And I think about that as it relates to parenting, to serve one another in love. How do I serve my family? How do I serve my husband? How do I serve my kids in love? How do I reflect the heart of God? Uh, and the it just extravagant grace that he gives us in the way that I love my family and then obviously love others. You know, it's how do we how do we love like that? And that's what we've been set free to do, you know, not to prove our worth, not to try and please God by our good works. Like we've been set free to love. He wants our hearts before he wants our effort. And then all the fruit comes, you know, when we're in love with Jesus and we're following Jesus, he bears that fruit in our lives. I think when we when we better understand what grace and parenting is, which is essentially weaving the unconditional love of God into the way we establish our authority, 
into the way we um, establish boundaries, into the way that we train and instruct. So it's not an absence of those things. God disciplines those he loves, as we should with our kids. It's just how do we weave the unconditional love of God into that instead of shaming messages, instead of, you know, using fear tactics to get our kids to all of which I've done, you know, instead of those things, because that's not how God parents us, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so how do I reflect his heart? And that's really what grace and parenting is. Um, And so that's what we've been set free to do, you know, to trust him. We've been set free to trust him with the kids he's entrusted to us. That's so good. Absolutely. I love that. We were just talking this morning about the times that I feel most stressed is when I think it's all up to me. It's all up to me to do to train these kids the way that they should be trained or or that they're even mine in the first place because they're his, yeah. you know, and that's so yeah. freeing to realize, oh, I'm just I'm just his vessel that he is using to accomplish his purpose in their life. Um, and it's not all up to me because I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it on my own. So okay. it's yeah. freedom. Okay, so my question is, it sounds like you and I are both ones on the Enneagram. How do you deal with... Is that true? Is that true? Are you one? I've never done it. You've never done the Enneagram? I've never done it. I'm the only person alive. But when I was talking to our mutual friend, Allie Worthington, not long ago, I did like one of those quickie ones online, you know, just... And it told me I'm a, I'm a one or a two, whichever the perfection is. It like was screaming that one. Yes. So if that's a one, then I think that's what I am. Yes. That's how yeah. I heard that you were one was through Allie. Well, we, we had Suzanne Stabile on who's like the Enneagram master yes. teacher. So if you go listen to that episode, she's fantastic. And she gives like a brief overview and it's really easy to kind of clearly decide which number you are. But yes. from your books and from just talking with you, it sounds like you're a one. Very much. A hundred percent. Which I, yeah, I totally relate to. And what I wanted to ask you about was how that plays out in your parenting. Because I know for me, like that's something I have to constantly watch that I'm I am modeling grace for my kids, like not only offering them grace, but offering myself grace in front of them. How has that played out with you? I know grace and freedom is such a huge part of who you are, how you live and how you parent. How is that flushed out in your parenting journey? Well, I think it's fleshed out every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our freedom in Christ and overcoming that kind of perfection mentality is not like a one and done. You know, for me, it's like, I got to go back to it every single day. And I think it goes back to why did I write Mom Set Free? Because it was the Lord's invitation to me to keep surrendering that perfectionist mentality back into his hands. You know, Paul writes, you know, if we even had a shot at perfection, if we ever even had a shot at being enough, then Jesus Christ died for nothing. Right. Right. And that was so convicting to me, really studying that and digging into that passage, um, because some people will say, well, I don't really struggle with perfectionism, but I, I rarely meet a mom who doesn't struggle with trying to be enough, right? Be good enough to be enough, to be all the things all of the time to her people. Um, and that's internal pressure. That's external pressure. So you can call it perfectionism or you can call it that striving to be enough. Um, but if any of us ever had a shot at that, then everything Jesus did to reconcile us to God was pointless. Right. And it's really kind of such like a, Jesus, what you did wasn't enough. Um, if I really want to speak hard truth to myself and that applies to how we approach marriage, how we approach our church, how we put like, God never called me to be enough for Mike. You know, he called me to love him and, and encourage him, but to be all the things for him and, and for our church and for our friends and our community, it's just a, 
um, there's this ceaseless striving that goes on when we don't rest in the sufficiency of Christ. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. And, you know, I love I love what you're saying here. And I want to just, you know, we all want to make sure the day our kids leave, we talked about that a little bit, is that they're walking away with some more grace and some more freedom. But, you know, ultimately, we, we try to give them what we have. So what are some things that we as ourselves can practically do every single day or in our lives that will help us grow in that grace and that freedom and truth of who Christ is? So you guys are probably familiar with the study, but it was put out by the Gospel Coalition and it talked about how kids who don't flee their faith, right? Because we always focus on, we get worried about the ones who do. The ones who don't, they're raised in a home where the gospel is central, um, not peripheral, right? It's central. Like, And it talks about how the cross of Jesus and forgiveness is really held up in the home, that everything kind of blooms from that. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be so encouraging because, you know, sometimes you know, you want the kids to leave and if they know nothing else, you want them to know the unconditional love of God. Yeah. Right. And as they old they get, you know, you guys probably get it. They're like, I know mom, <laughs> there's nothing I can do to make Jesus love me more. Right. There's nothing you can do to make Jesus love me less. And I'm like, I know. And you can roll your eyes at me and you can get so sick of hearing that from me. Right. But when you walk out that door, everything you hear is the exact opposite message. Right. right? Yeah. Like, you are the grades you get in school. You are how well you perform on the soccer field. You are, you know, how many likes you get on social media. That's the message I get from the world. Yeah. And so I love what you said, Chris, because I totally agree. It's just that, you know, they can roll their eyes, but it's like, I just want that so firmly planted in your heart. So right. when the world tells you differently, you can keep going back to that identity, right? Identity, identity. Sometimes we hear the word, I hear the word identity, and it starts to get lost on me a little bit because the beautiful thing is we talk about it a lot now. Um, and one of the things that the Lord's been stirring in my heart is this idea of significance. Um, like, where do they find their significance? Where do I find my significance? Is it in how well my kids are performing? Is it in how well my marriage is doing? Is it in how well my book is selling? And those are all places that I can get my significance confused. And constantly going back to, you know, honestly, the bravest thing that we can do is allow nothing or nothing other than uh, the love of Jesus to define us. Mm, um, it's good. a brave thing to do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Really? Really? Is my identity really anchored in the fact that Jesus loves me no matter how well I follow him today or no matter how much I stumble, he loves me and he delights in me. Not to say that my sin doesn't break his heart, because it does, sure. um, but to know that he never stops loving me is is crazy. And like you said, I just want my kids to know that, yeah. you know, because yeah. that's what's going to keep them close to him at the end of the day. You know, they're sinners too, like me. They're going to stumble. They're going to do right. stupid stuff, lose their way. Sure. But I just, want them, I just want them to know they can always come home, yeah. you know, and not just my home, but Jesus, you know, their home. Yeah. Mm, so, that's huge. That's so good. So how does... You know, I mean, we're talking about the relationship between a parent and a child, and obviously you want to try and give them what you have inside of you. How does this play out in relationships in community, maybe a peer in your life, a neighbor in your life, a really close friend? How do you live this out and grow in grace and freedom in in relationships? Oh, I think (laughs) I think the hardest one for me to do that is in marriage. Marriage is sanctifying. And I find that to be so true. My husband's really good at being married. 
he's much better at it than I am. Um, so, you know, my dad's a pastor. We talked about that for a second. Um, but when he married us, he does this little sermon and it's called the nine hardest words in the human language. And so he talks about how those nine words are, I am sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. And um, I spent you know, a good part of the first portion of our marriage thinking that those nine words were, I am sorry that you were wrong, I forgive you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still good at that. So I really think there's so much power in extending forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, whether that's in with my husband or with my kids. You know, so many parents are afraid of saying I'm sorry, confessing their weaknesses and their sins, because they think that means it gives their kids a kind of an excuse to roll over them or to hold their misgivings um, or mistakes over their heads. And I think we give our kids permission to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me when when we're willing to do it first. For sure. Yeah, that's so good. And I know you guys know that and live that out with your own kids. Um, But there's the ability to say, me too. You know, mommy needs Jesus too. I need him. As if they don't already see that. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly mom. Clearly mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, We just saw that, uh, (laughs) you know, clearly displayed in the kitchen and how you handle that situation. Right. So, yeah, the nine hardest words are really powerful. And in parenting, I think, and in marriage too. I'm still working well though i'm with you and it's funny after the end of any of my kids getting in trouble they're always like mom tell me a time when you were a kid when you did this like they always ask that question they want to hear <laughs> that we we went through it too and it's a, it's a great opportunity to show just like you said yeah mommy's not perfect either definitely definitely daddy's not perfect either <laughs> i mean you know pretty close <laughs> mommy maybe yeah, right. no i remember when one of our kids was just like wait, what do you mean? You make, you make mistakes. Like they were young. They're really young. It was like, they had this revelation. Like, what do you mean you Whoa. mess up dad? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. It's, it's huge. hard to believe, but it's, it's, huge. it's real. Yeah. So, well, gosh, we could hang and talk all day long. And so I want to do, we do, we kind of close out with a rapid fire question every single episode. Okay. And so we got three questions. Are you ready for these questions? Um, yeah. <laughs> Game face on. Here we go. We already know I don't know my Enneagram number, but... Well, that, yeah, that's not one of those <laughs> questions. Yep. So, All bummer. Right. You get a pass. Yeah. Okay. All right, here they go. What's a book that's changed your life? What's a habit that's changed your life? And what's one piece of advice you give to the younger you? So, what's a book that's changed your life? Probably Ragamuffin Gospel. I love Brennan Manning. I love his writing. And I think he's been the most profound in my life, probably in the last eight years as I've really been discovering um, the depths of God's grace and how that, how that changes us. So didn't you go to church with him or something? Is that true? Or is that a rumor? No, you know what? My dad was really good friends with him. Okay. Yeah. So I actually like grew up with these Brennan Manning quotes, like on the wall. I mean, it's crazy to think that that's a whole story about how I got so caught up in, you know, trying to please God through my good works when I really was given so much grace as a kid, which just goes to prove as parents, we can yeah. pour in all this truth. Um, but it's in God's timing. Yeah. Right. And as the story unfolds, he reveals that to us when it's time. So, yeah. um, yeah, probably ragamuffin gospel. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Very awesome. All right. What's a habit that's changed your life? Ooh, habit. Hmm. This is going to sound so cliche. Um, but if I am not in God's word, it is really evident in my life. Mm, yeah. Um, I am very self-reliant. I am very prone to like, 
you know, wake up, I've got this day, here I go. And I quickly remember that I, you know, like I left Jesus back there and I just took off. And um, there's just not a lot of good stuff coming out of me at all uh, when I am not tethered to him. So, but being in a community, right? Like I, Sunday, like going to church on Sunday, that's not like a check the box. Like I have to be around Christians. I have to be in community. I have to be fed. Um, I'm just not good on an empty well. I'm just not good. Yeah, that's so huge. I love it. All right. And last one. And what advice would you give to the younger you? The younger me. The advice would be uh, probably you don't have to try so hard. Mm, I like that. That's good. Um, Yeah, I've tried really hard um, to keep Jesus pleased, to be a perfect mom. Um, And I just really, um, there's so much grace And yeah, God's grace is so sufficient. I just, I don't know. I could talk about it for hours. There's so much freedom Mm -hmm. in knowing the grace of God and the way that his power is truly magnified in our weakness. Absolutely. Love it. You're definitely a one on the Enneagram. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. You're not supposed to diagnose people. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Suzanne. The other thing is Ian Cron. So he was the founder. So, you know, he's partnered with Susan on all the, yeah. And he was the founder of the church that we go to here. Um, So he comes back into town all the time and leads those. uh, I need to go. I think I, I think I'd enjoy it. You would. I would say, I already know too much about myself. I'm like so sick (laughs) of me. I don't know that I need to know my number two. Especially when it starts talking about the shadow side and all those things. Yeah, yeah, My shadow side. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty clear on my shadow side. But anyway, let's talk about that. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. So where can people find you, get the books, follow you on social, all that stuff? All that stuff. You know, it's pretty much Jeannie Cunyon. That's the website. That's my Instagram. That's my Facebook. And uh, the books are, you know, wherever books are sold. There's also a Bible study, a mom set free Bible study that I did with Lifeway. It's seven weeks and you can do it alone or you can do it with some friends at church. But that was probably my favorite thing uh, was really digging deeper into God's word and and looking at those passages that I had read for so long but didn't fully understand. So, yep, Jeannie Cunyon, that's it. That's awesome. Well, we're following you. We're cheering you on, and we're so, so glad you came on with us today. Thank you for having me. You guys are um, amazing, and it was really fun to talk to you today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thankful for our time with Jeannie. Her heart is so good, and we just love this message. Yeah, we love her so much. Guys, we hope you'll go check out all of her incredible parenting resources, Parenting the Wholehearted Child and Mom Set Free. We'll have all of those links um, in our show notes, as we always do, over at letsliveitwell.com. And guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you, and we would love to hear from you. It means literally the world when we get to hear from you. So take a second, leave a review on iTunes, come find us on social media. Uh, We want to hear what's going on in your world. Well, that's a wrap for episode 38. We did it. We did it. Here we are. (laughs) All right. Well, let's close it out like we do every single time. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it well. well.